from MPB Think Radio. This is In Legal Terms, a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent here with Professor Richard Gershon and Deborah Bell, Interim Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we are talking about divorce laws in Mississippi. How does our divorce system differ from other states? What are the grounds for divorce in Mississippi? We'll also talk about parental custody a little later. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING with any questions or comments you have about divorce laws in Mississippi. That's 877-672-7464, or you can email legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent here with Professor Richard Gershon and Deborah Bell, Interim Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today, we're going to be talking about divorce laws in Mississippi. How does our divorce system differ from other states? And we're also going to talk about the grounds for divorce in Mississippi. And we'll talk about parental custody a little later. And if you want to join the conversation this morning, the number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 if you have any questions or comments about grounds for divorce, how to file for one, um, any thoughts you may have about the process. If, if it's something you've experienced, you want to share a personal experience, you can. 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Dean Bell and Professor Gershon. Good morning. Dean Bell, very glad to have you on the show today. And uh, you're the interim dean at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your background in law? Certainly. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. I look forward to it. Um, I have been teaching at the University of Mississippi Law School since I was 27, so basically all of my life. Um, I taught property and housing for a long time and started teaching family law in 96. So I've been teaching family law for about 20 years now and have seen a lot of changes in this area of the law. I love teaching this. It's, It's always interesting and never dull. So do you find that many people um, dealing with this area of law, divorce, and uh, do you find that many people are pretty much lost? Do you really need to get a lawyer when it comes to divorce because of the laws changing so often? Well, certainly if you're going through a divorce or custody or paternity case, any family law case, it's always better to have legal representation if you can. Unfortunately, um, a lot of people have misconceptions about what the law actually is, and a couple of those I'll talk about today. Folks, if you want to call in and you don't want to use your real name, if you'd like to maintain some privacy, you can call in anonymously. You can use my name. It doesn't matter. But if you need some assistance today and you want to join the show uh, with your thoughts or questions or comments, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Dean Bell, let's just start with uh, an overview of the history of divorce in Mississippi. Um, I understand that it is different in comparison to other states. So can we talk about that for a moment? Yes. Um, So a little bit of background. Um, 
I, a lot of people, I think, don't realize this, but you actually couldn't get a divorce in most states until the mid to late 1800s. Uh, in Mississippi, you couldn't get a divorce until, I think, of the 1870s unless two-thirds of the legislature voted that you could get a divorce, which was wow. not an ideal way to get a divorce. Uh, and then what happened is that most states began to... Um, to enact statutes that provided for some grounds for divorce. And these were usually uh, very serious misconduct on the part of one of the parties to divorce, I mean, one of the parties to a marriage, such as adultery, physical abuse, desertion. And over between the late 1800s and the early 1900s, um, most states developed statutory grounds for divorce, and most of those grounds for divorce were in place by the early 1900s um, and then remained pretty much the same until the 1960s, 1970s. Then what happened in the 50s and 60s is there was an increasing um, demand for divorce, really. So it was, it was more of a social movement that sort of drove the law, and as a result of that social movement, states began to recognize um, in the early 1970s something called irreconcilable differences or no-fault divorce. Uh, California was the pioneer in that. They en enacted the first no-fault divorce statute in 1970, and most states followed suit. So by the late 1970s, most states now had no-fault grounds. So here's the difference. Under the old fault-based system, if you wanted to get a divorce, you had to have one of these statutory grounds. You couldn't get a divorce just because your marriage was miserable. You mm -hmm. had to be able to prove that your spouse had committed adultery or had deserted you for over a year or had been imprisoned or had been cruel to you. Um, the, the difference in the old fault-based system and no fault is that with no fault, basically someone could come into court and testify that their marriage was broken, that they had de differences that they couldn't reconcile, and the court would grant them a divorce even if the other spouse didn't agree. In 1976, Mississippi enacted a, an irreconcilable differences divorce statute but it really was not a no-fault divorce statute. What it really was was a divorce by agreement statute. And so under this 1976 Mississippi statute, you could get a divorce if you had one of these statutory grounds or you could get a divorce if your spouse agreed to get a divorce. But if your spouse didn't agree and you didn't have grounds, you couldn't get divorce. Well, over the next couple of decades, almost all states move to a true irreconcilable differences divorce where you could get a divorce if you felt your marriage was broken. As of five years ago, perhaps, there were only four or five states left, and as of today, there are only two states left, Mississippi and South Dakota, where you cannot get a divorce without your spouse's agreement or without these old fault-based grounds. And that's a, that's a quick history um, but that leaves Mississippi, along with South Dakota, in a fairly unique position. That's very interesting. Um, how much of 
this do you think that uh, it has to do with uh, Mississippi's commitment to uh, the Bible and, you know, there are some things in there about not getting a divorce. So you think there's a religious connection to why Mississippi kind of opposes divorce? I, I think it has a lot to do with the notion that we, uh, as a matter of policy, the state um, does not encourage divorce. The state wants families to stay together, wants marriages to stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... The um, I think there's a, a sense that amending the divorce statutes would send a message that we accept divorce, that, that we think, not that we think divorce should be encouraged, but that divorce is all right. So I think that has a lot to do with the legislatures not acting on this. Um, I think there is a perception that having this statute in place makes it more likely that marriages stay together. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's actually true. I think what it may actually cause is um, the couples to live married but apart mm. because they can't get a divorce or, or because one won't agree. Well, and, and we're going to talk about the grounds for divorce in just a moment, but um, before we get into the, into the grounds, who determines these grounds for divorce? Is there some kind of counsel that says well, these are the grounds that we're going to agree on for people? And if so, who, who makes up that kind of counsel or board to make this determination? Well, no, this is, this is determined by statute. So okay. it's by the legislature. And basically, our statutory grounds for divorce have pretty much been in place since the early 1900s. Um, and with the exception of this added divorce by agreement, they really have not changed. The, um, there have been a couple of minor changes, but basically these grounds for divorce include two types of grounds. One is serious misconduct by a spouse, like desertion, cruelty, imprisonment, adultery. The other type of ground um, includes serious conditions that make it difficult for the marriage to continue, like very serious mental illness very serious drug or alcohol addiction. But for the grounds to change, it it would take an act of the legislature. All right. uh, We're going to take our first break. And if you're listening this morning, you have any questions or comments about the process of divorce or divorce laws in Mississippi, you can give us a call. Uh, Do you think spouses should need each other's permission before getting a divorce? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any questions or comments or personal experiences you'd like to share, 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio on MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharia Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon and Deborah Bell, Interim Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we're talking about divorce laws in Mississippi, how our divorce system differs from other states, and what are the grounds for divorce in Mississippi. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Dean Bell and Professor Gershon, can you hear us? Yes. Can okay. you hear me? Yes. Good. All <laughs> Success. Right. All right. It's live radio. You're bound to have some technical difficulties at some point or another. Um, so we were about to talk about the grounds for divorce in Mississippi. Uh, we have a quick caller on the line who's called in. Jimmy is on the road uh, with a question. Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, good morning. How are you? Hey, doing well. Make sure your radio is all the way down. Yeah, it is. Okay, go ahead, Jimmy. Well, um, I've been trying to get a divorce for since 2011. I actually wrote uh, up the decree uh, from uh, a friend that, you know, did a divorced that way. And each time I went, the judge said pretty much you need to seek legal counsel. Well, I ended up um, getting uh, an attorney and I did the uh, uncontested. Well, she won't sign that one. But I've been trying to do it, you know, the I guess you could say the right way by not trying to get so nasty. But uh, she's had, uh, she uh We've been separated since 2005. Well, she has a daughter that she had with another guy within this time, of course, but we're still legally married. So I'm wondering, like, why the judge, you know, just can't grant me the, uh, the divorce on the grounds of adultery when it's, you know, blatantly there. Even one time that we went to court, she was pregnant then. And, I mean, we don't have any property. Uh, child support is already set. So I'm just thinking... Like now, I'm paying for it to be constant, which is a couple more thousand dollars. And I'm like, this, it got to be a way. You know, I'm deficient, I guess. Jimmy, you're, you're a resident of Mississippi, you and your wife? Well, I am. I live in Orly, and she lives in Memphis. Okay. All right. Uh, Dean Bell and Professor Gershon, you want to try to tackle this one? Yes, I'm certainly. Uh, I just want to, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So it's really hard for me to say without knowing what the, the pleadings, the papers that you filed said. So, um, and, and I appreciate that you wanted to do this in a, a less confrontational way. Certainly, if, when people get divorced, if you can do it in a, in a more civil and less, um, less confrontational way, that's the best way to do it. But it sounds like what happened is that your wife did not agree to the divorce based on on irreconcilable differences and of course as we talked about earlier if she doesn't agree then you have to prove grounds certainly um, adultery is one of the grounds for divorce so a couple of things again I, I don't know without having seen the pleadings and heard the proof but a couple of things um, that could go wrong in general may or may not be what happened with you <clears throat> one is that the the pleadings for a divorce based on grounds have to include certain very specific allegations about jurisdiction, about venue, which is the location in which the, um, the case has to be heard, about the grounds for divorce. 
And a lot of times when people use pleadings that they've borrowed from somebody else or that they've gotten online, they don't include those Mississippi-specific details. So sometimes judges will tell people, you need to go get a lawyer, when what they mean is you need to get a lawyer not because you don't have grounds, but because you've not properly pled the grounds in your papers. Sometimes, um, particularly when somebody's out of state, the service of process may not have been done correctly. I've seen that happen a lot. And then the other thing that happens sometimes is one of the requirements in Mississippi for getting a divorce based on these grounds is that you have to have what's called corroborating proof. So if you're trying to prove desertion or prove adultery or prove cruelty, it's not enough just to have your own testimony sometimes. You've got to have corroborating proof in the form of witnesses. And so sometimes the case will be dismissed because you didn't have a witness. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm so sorry you've been struggling with trying to get that taken care of. But if you, if you can take the paperwork to a lawyer, that, that might be one of the problems is that, that the paperwork that was filed had some problem with it um, that, that the judge, that's a requirement in order for the judge to grant the divorce. Well, I guess, I mean, I'm probably about, I think about $800 more dollars than I'd be prepared for the contestant. Yeah, I, I know, and, and this is one of the problems, I think, because we don't have a simple divorce and divorce form like a lot of states do, it can make it very, very difficult and costly to go through this process just to get a divorce, and, and I'm, I'm sorry you're having to deal with that. All right, Jimmy, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. 877-MPB-RING is the number. If you want to join the conversation this morning, we're talking about divorce laws and issues. You can give us a call. And our question is, do you think a spouse should have to have the agreement of another spouse in Mississippi to get a divorce? Or do you think one spouse should be able to make that decision for the both of them? But if you have any personal experiences you want to share, call us 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING. All right, Dean Bell, so let's get into the grounds for divorce in Mississippi. Are there still 12 or are there more or less? No, there are still um, 12 along with the, no, the irreconcilable differences divorce ground. A lot of them are never used. Uh, some of them are fairly arcane. The ones that are most commonly used I, it, just in, in my practice are adultery, desertion for a period of more than a year, habitual, cruel, and inhuman treatment, which is the sort we call cruelty, um, and imprisonment. Those are the four most commonly used. Um, We're also seeing increasingly the ground of drug addiction and and alcohol addiction. Mm. But those those six probably are the the ones that you really see used. And it was interesting hearing from Jimmy this is one of the problems I see um, that with our, the Mississippi divorce law is its impact on people in terms of the financial cost. A lot of folks, for example, there's a, a program that my students and I assist with in Greenville where uh, people who cannot afford an attorney come to court and they file their own paperwork. And a lot of times they have gotten forms or they've gotten pleadings from other people 
they've spent money for those forms, they've spent money to serve process, and they may have spent four or five hundred dollars, then they're told that their forms are incorrect, they serve process again, and they can spend a thousand dollars or more, still not be able to get the relief that they need, and then have to go hire an attorney um, so it can become very costly. All right, uh, we have an email to get to. This one says, I wanted to know the legal advantages of being married, and when divorced, what advantages will be taken away? Oh, goodness. That that question could take about an hour to answer. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so in Mississippi, when a couple is married, there are a number of statutory state and federal benefits that go along with being married. There are some tax benefits. There are inheritance benefits you inherit from a spouse. There are benefits like workers' comp and social security and veterans' benefits. Um, There are benefits um, such as state programs that provide benefits to a spouse of someone who has worked in the state system. So there are a a lot of benefits, but they're usually attached to state and federal programs. The Mississippi, in terms of property and support, Mississippi is something called a title state for a couple that, that are married. So with the exception of homestead property, you really don't have a right to property that's owned by your spouse during your marriage. The, in kind of an odd twist, your right to property that your spouse owns actually kicks in when you get divorced. So in Mississippi, when a couple get divorced, anything that either one of them has earned during the marriage becomes marital property, and a judge can divide any of that marital property between them in whatever way the judge thinks is fair and equitable. So even though most couples, of course, do share their property, Kind of, I think an odd twist is that while you're married, you don't have a legal right to property owned by your spouse, but once you are in the divorce process, you actually may have a right to that property. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll talk about domestic violence as an exception uh, to the the rules for grounds for divorce. We'll talk about that. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. If you have any questions about grounds for divorce, the the divorce process, any personal experiences you'd like to share, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Do you think domestic violence should be grounds for divorce? 877-672-7464 or email legal terms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon and Deborah Bell, Interim Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we've been talking about divorce laws in Mississippi, how our divorce system differs from other states' divorce laws, and also what are the grounds for divorce in Mississippi, and we'll get into parental custody and splitting of property in just a moment. If you're listening, we do have some lines open if you want to join the conversation, if you have questions about how to get a divorce, the divorce process, and general grounds for divorce, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We do have some lines open. That's 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. Now, uh, Dean Bell, earlier this year, I saw a story that came out about domestic violence not being considered as a legal reason for divorce in Mississippi. Uh, Could you talk a little bit more about that? I'm sure it's uh, deeper than what most believe. It is, certainly. So the the news article you saw is that there was a, a proposal that domestic violence be added to the statute as an independent ground. Actually, right now, under some circumstances, you can get a divorce based on domestic violence under the ground of habitual, cruel, and inhuman treatment. Mm. So that ground allows a spouse to prove that their, their spouse has been physically abusive. But there are some problems with it, and I think that's why a separate ground was proposed. To get a divorce based on habitual, cruel, and inhuman treatment, there are a couple of requirements that create problems. One is the requirement of corroboration that I mentioned earlier. There are some cases where women have alleged that they have been victims of physical violence during their marriage. They've provided descriptions of it, but they haven't been granted a divorce because they did not have a corroborating witness. And as I'm sure you know, a lot of domestic violence takes place in secret. And so there are cases where people actually cannot provide a witness. And if they haven't been to the doctor and if they didn't take photographs, they aren't able to prove that they were victims of domestic violence. That's one issue. A second issue is a defense in Mississippi called condemnation, which really means forgiveness. Uh, There are a line of cases that really grew out of the adultery ground that say that if your spouse commits a basis for divorce like adultery, and you forgive them and take them back, then you can't change your mind after that. So you've forgiven them, and you're in that marriage until or unless they commit the ground again. Well, that sort of makes sense with adultery, but with cruelty, um, ordinarily condemnation is not a defense unless the person leaves their spouse. So there are Mississippi cases that say if you're a victim of physical violence, and you leave your spouse, for example, if you go to a shelter, and then you change your mind and you come back, you've condoned or forgiven the violence, and you can't get a divorce anymore. And that's not an unusual pattern for a victim of domestic violence, for someone to leave a spouse, go to a shelter, uh, perhaps they come back out of fear for their children or for relatives. They come back home. They may do that repeatedly. Well, under this Mississippi case law, if you go to a shelter and come back, 
you have to wait until you're physically abused again before you have grounds for divorce. Wow. So, so domestic violence is, can be a basis for divorce under habitual cruel and inhuman treatment, but it's not always easy. And, um, and I think that was the reason that um, one of our state legislators proposed that, that an act of domestic violence itself be added. That may have been a longer answer than you wanted. No, that was a good answer. Thank you. We have a call to get to. Uh, Laura is in Tupelo. Good morning, Laura. What do you have for us? Uh, thank you for taking my call, first of all. I work in the Hispanic community. I'm a legal interpreter, and I want to know what the state of Mississippi, uh, what are the requirements for a non-resident that's married in another country? It almost seems impossible for them to divorce here. Is there anything that you could suggest to us? And I'll let you answer, and I'll hang up and hear on my radio. Okay. Thank you, Laura, for that oh, question. Thank you. All right. Uh, Dean Bell, did you have anything? Um, yes, I think I've been on the show before when we had the same question. Um, actually, if someone is residing in the state, then they should be able to use the courts of Mississippi to get a divorce. All right. Uh, so how do things get tricky when you do have a resident in one state and a resident in another and two different divorce laws apply in those states? Which one uh, is supreme or superior? This is an interesting question that that comes up a lot in Mississippi because, as I said, I I talked earlier about I think people have misconceptions. I think a lot of people have heard of no-fault divorce, and they assume that Mississippi, like most states, you can get a divorce if you decide um, after thinking it through that that's what you need to do. And so when people learn sometimes that they they're not entitled to a divorce unless their spouse agrees, um, they start to ask, well, could I just go to another state and get a divorce? And the answer is not unless you're ready to quit your job and move indefinitely. Um, You can't just go to another state, even go to another state and live there for a month and get a divorce. Um, So you can only get a divorce in the state where you reside or where your spouse resides. But if you're For example, let's say a couple separated in Mississippi and the husband stayed in Mississippi and the wife moved to Texas. If if the wife lives in Texas and the husband wants a divorce, he can go to Texas and file for divorce there. Because either since one one resides in each state, both states actually have jurisdiction to decide divorce. So also what happens sometimes is she might file in Texas and Texas law would apply to the divorce. He might file in Mississippi. Mississippi law would apply, and it's basically whichever court makes a decision first on the divorce itself. So sometimes you see dueling divorce actions. Generally, though, what happens is if there are two divorce actions, uh, the parties will agree to proceed in one court. All right, we need to take a quick break. 877-MPB-RING is the number. This morning we've been talking about divorce laws in Mississippi and Mississippi's divorce system. If you have any questions or comments about the grounds for divorce, how to file for one, any clarity you may need on the divorce process and laws in Mississippi, call us at 877-672-7464. And if you are not comfortable calling in, you you can send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. We do have some lines open. Once again, the number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 if you have any questions about divorce this morning. We'll be back in just a moment. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon and Deborah Bell, Interim Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we've been talking about divorce laws in Mississippi, how our divorce system differs from other states' divorce system. We have a call to get to. Uh, Doug is in Hurley with a child custody question. Good morning, Doug. What do you have for us? Good morning. My now ex, not married, left December 17th. 2010, my girl was five, and I have no help to get her back in my life. And legal services is helping my ex, and I have no help in my daughter in my life. Any suggestions? All right. Uh, so, Dean Bell, you have anything? Yes. So uh, you said you were not married. Is that correct? Yes, um, not and, married. Yes, ma'am. And, and so when she left and, and took your daughter, do you have a – is there a custody order in place at all? Um, not to my knowledge. I didn't receive nothing. Okay, so one um, – and, and again, I, I can't advise you specifically, but I can talk generally about, um, about what the law is in this area. I, one of the misconceptions that I have seen people have is that if, if parents of a, a child have not been married – that the mother somehow has greater rights to custody than the father does, and that is just not true. Um, a, a father, whether he was married to the child's mother or not, has equal rights under law to custody and care of that child. And so the, the way to resolve that is to file a court action if there's no paternity order in place then you certainly have to get a paternity order first uh, that is basically just the court's order acknowledging that you are the father of the child, but that's pretty easy to, to prove through blood test. Um, and then once the paternity order is in place, the court then has the power to order um, to determine custody. And between parents, when there is no custody order outstanding, the court will go through a series of factors like parenting skills, job, what your home environment is like, um, how, um, you know, what, what kind of environment you can provide for the child, what kind of child care you can provide, and based on those factors, we'll decide whether it's in the child's best interest to be with her father or to be with her mother. But at this point where there is no custody order in place, generally both parents have equal rights to the child. Um, and and the, the mother should not be favored over the father. Now, the one thing that, that can make a big difference is if, if a couple's been living apart for a while, one of the factors the courts look at is who's provided the continuing care for the child. And so if the little girl's been with her mother for five years, then that might be a factor that would favor the mother unless – she has taken the child and, and hidden her or not let you see her, and in that case, that shouldn't favor her. And I, I know that's general, but I, I hope that's helpful. But, but basically what you have to do is to get into court on a paternity and custody um, action and have the court order 
who gets custody. And even if the mother continues custody, um, the father will generally get a visitation order, which is typically every other weekend, four or five weeks in the summer, and shared holidays. She never filed for child support, and I hope she does because then I get to see my daughter, but that's why she don't file for child support. Right, because certainly if, if she files for child support, then there has to be a paternity order in place, and then you know you would respond. But you can affirmatively file an action um, as the father seeking paternity declaration, seeking to pay child support, and seeking to get visitation with the child. All right, Doug, good luck to you. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, we are going next to Don, who's in Leaksville. Good morning, Don. Mm-hmm. What do you have for us? Oh, yes. My question uh, is uh, I had recently got a divorce, and and uh, my wife did not want to stay in the home. She wanted to move to uh, a different uh, location to live uh, near nearby. But at the same time, she uh, was eligible for her half of the equity in the home, just as I was. But I wanted to keep the home and continue to pay on it and possibly work arrangements for her equity to be gained. But the home was ordered to be taken over by a different real estate company and put up for sale. And I needed to know, I'm having a hard time getting a hold of my attorney and stuff. I I wanted to know, is there a way, something I can file to stop the sale of the home so that I can keep it and make other arrangements. Again, not knowing exactly the proceedings, I I, I can't advise you directly, but I can tell you generally once uh, once a court has entered a judgment on property division, and it sounds like that's what happened, that the court heard your request but decided that for reasons that, that we don't know, that it would be better for the home to be sold and the equity divided. Ordinarily, um, you've got a time period after the court enters its judgment to ask that the court reconsider that judgment and to give the court the reasons that it should reconsider it. So that would often be the, the next step. I don't know how long it's been since uh, the court decree, so that, that time may or may not have passed. But that, that would usually be a step you would take. Another thing that you could do is to appeal the court's decision to the Mississippi Appellate Courts and explain to them why you think that was a wrong decision and ask them to reverse it. All right. Uh, Don, thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Have a good one. We go next to James in Gulfport. Good morning, James. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you all for such an insightful program, and the, the lady who's the guest, beautiful communication. Wow, everything is so clear. Thank uh, you. That's really nice. Situ- I went through the situation you were discussing previously with getting a divorce when my ex-wife moved in the middle of the night to another state and hid out, hoping to become a citizen there and be able to get her divorce was in Louisiana. And the deal is that you live there six months, you are legally a resident of Louisiana. So I had to find where she was and actually get papers served there. And my papers served while she was still legally a resident of the state of Mississippi meant that the court case would come back here. I don't know if that still works that way or not. All right. Is that the end of your question, James? Yes, it. Okay. All right, Dean Bell, you can go ahead and respond. No, I was just saying that that certainly is um, is the case in most states that once you've been a resident 
of that state for six months with an intent to remain there indefinitely, then you become a resident of that state. But if, as, um, as James did, if you can file within that six-month period before they establish residency, then you retain jurisdiction for the divorce in your home state, which is Mississippi. Um, and so that, and that's often a, a, a good thing to do to, to be able to have that jurisdiction in your own state. All right. James, thank you so much for that call. That's going to wrap us up this morning. Dean Bell, thank you so much for being on. I agree with James that you are very uh, clear and articulate and insightful guest. We appreciate you being on today. Professor Gershon, we thank you for being on as well. And uh, that's going to wrap us up here on In Legal Terms. If you would like to hear more episodes of In Legal Terms, download our podcast. Go to mpbonline.org and search In Legal Terms or use your own podcast app and download In Legal Terms MPB. If you didn't get to call and you want to send an email, send it to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Susan Butchers right here on MPB Think Radio.